Carved in Blue. Blog, videos, webinars and podcasts. Hello and welcome to Bluecast, a podcast series created by Carved in Blue. Carved in Blue is the online vehicle of the Lensing Denim Team, a team dedicated to developing the market for Tencel Lyocell, a responsibly made textile fibre originating from wood cellulose farmed from certified forests. In each episode of Bluecast, we will be talking to a person of interest, someone who may be known to many of you, or someone who is at the periphery of the industry. But in all cases, someone who has an interesting story to tell the denim community at large. Welcome to Bluecast, the Carved in Blue podcast channel. My name is Trisha Carey, and I'm Director of Global Business Development for Denim at Lensing. We transform trees into tensile lyocell and modal fibers, which are used by leading denim mills and brands around the world. And this year, we are celebrating 30 years since the first production of Tencel Lyocell in Mobile, Alabama. It's been amazing to see Tencel really change in the denim market during this period. To learn more about Tencel Denim, visit our Carved in Blue blog or follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube channel Blue Lens. Joining me today is a well-known executive with more than 25 years in the denim industry based in India. His leadership and stewardship is apparent in his commitment to customers, employees, and stakeholders. With a deep understanding of product, he has built a value for the denim market, which is far-reaching. There are two words I frequently hear when his name is mentioned, kind and humble. Join me in welcoming Amir Adgar, CEO of Arvind Limited Denim. Thank you, Tricia. Welcome, Amir. Nice to see you today. Always a pleasure to talk to you, to see you, and to connect with you. Great. Thanks. So for those of you who, for those who might not know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us some of your background. Sure, Tricia. Uh, I just ambled into this whole denim industry and uh, have, have really uh, sort of uh, been fascinated by the industry. It's almost like a daily dose. I mean, I'm like an addict to this industry. Every day morning, I need my daily dose of tenants. And the fact is that, I mean, if you were to, to give my background, uh, I come from a middle-class background in India. My parents, uh, being a typical middle-class Indian fa- family, uh, my father was a petroleum geologist. He used to work for the, you know, for the Survey of India, for the Geological Survey, Survey of India. That's how he began his career. And in them days, those days, I think uh, stability uh, was very important, right? So everybody wanted, their, their, all, the, all the parents wanted, especially from the middle, background, middle class background, they wanted their children to, to get a good, nice government job, right? And, and, and be sorted yeah. for lives, right? Uh, so I also had a lot of push from my parents and a nudge from my parents to get into some kind of a government job. So after I passed my management degree, I took up a doc, I took up a job with the, uh, you know, uh, a public sector company. It was in the oil industry, so I was, I I joined the Indian Oil Corporation, and that's how I, how I began my career. So it was a nice, well-paying job, a cushy job, <laughs> and I think that's where the trouble really started, right? And I was not very comfortable, not very happy. There wasn't any challenge in the job, uh, so I decided to switch to the private sector. And that then gradually I landed in this, in the rat trade. And uh, in 2002, I joined Arvind. And when I joined Arvind, I joined in the niche part of the business. And then very 
quickly I was moved to the denim part of the business, the denim SBU. And since then, I've had a real wonderful time with the denim part of the business of Arvind. Yeah, that's great. And and I didn't realize till I was looking up that you were at Reliance before. That's great. So Arvind. that's great. That's how I moved to Ahmedabad. I got a job from, I got a uh, job at Reliance and I was at Reliance for about three and a half years, four years. And then I moved to Arvind because it's in the same city. Right, right. That's great. Yeah, there's something about denim. It just can uh, can bite you, and and that's it. You know. So, but you're you're going through some transitions right now. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, so I always, you know, I always uh, believe that's very important to keep updating oneself, right? I mean, normally what happens, Trisha, uh, that that you tend to be in your comfort zone, right? I mean, you keep doing the same job day in and day out. And you get so caught up in this and you start believing that you're doing something wonderful at the end of the day. But if you really step back and think through, then you realize that, look, I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, it's it's very important to to update yourself. There's so much going on in the world, right? There's, there's so much happening. Um, there's so many new businesses. There's so much going on, in the in, in, especially in the domain of, let's say, uh, the ESG domain. There's so much happening, right? Uh, so uh, I... I th- I was very keen to sort of you know to step out of my comfort zone and try and do something, try and try and get back to some studies. So what I did was that I enrolled myself in a course, and this is, this is a course in environment law, and uh, so it talks about you know the, the the pedagogy and the curriculum includes international environment law, the fundamentals of law and things like these. So it's not like a typical law course, but it is how uh, you know how does law relate to environment. Especially with what's happening to, let's say, transboundary movement of wastes, um, recycling, the challenges around that, the the whole United Nations framework on on climate change. So very interesting, exciting domain, and 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 also relates very very well to our field, right? I mean, if we and especially, I mean, who better to know uh, than you, right? I mean, uh, lensing on the cutting edge of, uh, of of sustainability and ESG, not only just sustainability. So I, I was very fascinated by this by this domain, and I thought I'll I'll take up some organized studies in this. So right now I'm sort of you know, I enrolled myself in that course, and um, I'm studying for that right now. That's great. That's incredible. No, there there's so much to learn about that, and the experience that you can bring from industry into those studies and into kind of shaping where we're going. You know, I, I kind of always say that the key areas within our industry, it's around climate, circularity, we have water, um, and we really can't forget all the social side too, which is tied into the environment. So I, you know, the framework of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals really puts it all together. Um, so wonderful that you're looking at it from a law perspective. That's correct. Yes, I mean it's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the challenges that we all have in our industry. Really, if you see, do relate to environment, sustainability, and governance. Right. I mean, these are three things that you very rightly mentioned. That uh, the challenges relate to these three things, and if one is able to put them in perspective as to how does the, you know, what are the, uh, let's say, what are the benchmark cases, what has happened globally, how have com- countries and companies been able to navigate these challenges, it gives a great perspective. So I'm really enjoying this course. Yeah. The best great. part is the, the the best part is that uh, one is getting to interact with such young, bright minds. Right, uh, that's amazing. Right, the way the youth today thinks and approaches uh, these 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 challenges, it's commendable. 
it is amazing um, to, to see. I have a, a couple of youth uh, myself and uh, one that just graduated from college. And, and when you talk to the students um, and when you're in their classes, definitely they, they have another lens of how they're looking at things than perhaps our generation has. So then how will you manage uh, this? How will that transition with your work that you're doing? Um, will you take some time off in order to dedicate uh, yourself to the studies? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I approached the leadership. They're very kind. And uh, they understood that, look, yeah, I mean, uh, they, they respect that. And so they said, okay, all right. So I said, I'll take a few, you know, some time off, maybe a couple of months off, few months off. Uh, so I have kept it fairly, fairly sort of open and flexible. And one of my colleagues from within Urban, he'll be sort of transitioning into this role as I transition out. Uh, so that's how we've decided and we've kept it flexible, we've kept it open. Uh, so yeah, so I'm spending some time in the office, some time, you know, with the books. That's how I'm doing right now, Trisha. That's great. So will we still see you at all the denim trade shows? Uh, so uh, for example, I mean, we have a show coming up in India uh, next month, so I'll be there for sure. And uh, trade shows, of course, I mean, that's, you know, that's our passion, right? I mean, that's, that's where you get to meet the whole industry, the whole fraternity. So I'm really looking. I'm, I'm really looking forward to being there at the shows, and the, the, we were together at the last show at Amsterdam, and it was such it was so yeah. encouraging to see the world get back to these shows. I mean, while of course everyone has taken to technology in a very nice manner, and maybe perforce we have all taken taken to technology, uh, but it was so reassuring to see people because our world, fashion world, is you know is related to you know to a lot of coming together, if I can use that term, right? So you it is. for those occasions, you go and buy a new pair of jeans if you're going to a show. I mean, so it, it was very encouraging for me personally being there at the yeah. show. Yeah, no, great to get everybody together for sure in Amsterdam. And I also, I bet when you have your show um, in India, it's also a wonderful chance for that local community to get together. Um, and so Amir, you, you mentioned that, you know, you kept you kept going. You're always as a CEO and and very involved in the business and managing a lot of moving parts. And certainly during the pandemic, that's a challenge. And it kind of also got you thinking, like, okay, what else is there? Um, and you know, maybe sometimes the only way to get further is to kind of step out for a little bit. You know, to have some dedicated time to work on some other things. Um, what would you say are some of the challenges that you faced as a CEO? So, um, <laughs> well, you know, there will be certain challenges that are, let's say that any CEO would sort of come across, you know, in the business, right? In any business, uh, you'll have typical challenges of, you know, raw material availability, prices going up and sort of, you know, customers, innovation, the usual nuts and bolts of the business, right? That, that anybody would, would sort of need to go through. I think in India, um, based out of India, I mean, as I've been being based out of India, there were two, three very significant, significant changes in the macro environment, Indian macro environment. Uh, for example, this whole demonetization where the government of India sort of, you know, decided to demonetize the existing sort of, you know, currency and come up with new denominations, right? So that was a huge, huge change for the Indian industry. Uh, similarly, uh, let's say the GST regime, moving on to a GST regime. So there were two, three large changes. So navigating those changes, right, for, you know, for for, for, for us at Arvind, I think those, those were very large, significant changes. So 
going through those and sort of you know keeping the fire burning you know through these changes uh, to me that was a huge uh, challenge it was very and it was it was a great learning at the same time prashya so i i i when i look back to those days uh, those are very challenging and at the same time great learning during those days yeah no that's excellent and during this time um at arvin in denim uh what would you say are some of the biggest accomplishments that you've had with you and your team? I mean, you've done so much and, and, you know, I look at more your global business, but you also have your domestic business as well. To be honest and to be fair, Trisha, I think it'll be, I mean, it'll be wrong for me to talk about my accomplishments. I mean, if there are any accomplishments, I think, you know, uh, colleagues in the industry, they should mention those out to you. I really don't think I have accomplished anything. <laughs> to be honest, I've just done my work, just done my job, like any CEO is supposed to do. Is, uh, so that it's, it'll be, I'm, I mean, it'll be unfair to me, for, for me to talk about any any accomplishments uh, to share. <laughs> that goes back to me saying you're very humble. You always um, have been, Amir. So. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned the, your career path and the changes that you've made. Um, and then once you got into the denim industry, it, it, it kind of, you know, was the right spot for you to be in. Um, what what really has touched you the most about the denim industry? What is it that makes it so unique from, you know, some of the other industries that you started your career off in? Oh, I think it's really, really amazing. I mean, this industry is really unique because, I mean, uh, first and foremost, this industry in general, and coming putting it into my own sort of, you know, let's say background and perspective. I started my career, like I said, you know, in the oil industry. And then I was in the fast moving consumer goods, FMCG, the CPG industry. And from there moving to lifestyle. So for me, that was very fascinating, right? From, from let's say handling oil and selling oil to selling, you know, batteries versus, you know, lifestyle. So that completely changed uh, my, my outlook, right? Because here you, you continuously with people, and it's fashion, it's lifestyle, you know, every day is a new day. Uh, it's really, it, it, it's sort of, you know, it, it's fast changing. So to me, that was very, very fascinating. That was that was one bit of it. And within this this whole domain of, let's say, apparel and, and in textiles, most of the other stuff that you see is very unidimensional, right? I mean, you, you see something and you get that, right? Whereas denim is like a canvas, right? I mean, it's like a, you know, I mean, you give a canvas to an artist, and you know, a Van Gogh does something different. Uh, you know, a, 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 let's say um, a Picasso would do something very different. So, right. I mean, this is what denims is all about, right? It's a canvas, and then and then it's like magic because what we what we produce here, I mean, the on the on the piece goods front, the fabric that we produce in the in in the manufacturing versus what a consumer gets is like chalk and cheese, right? I mean, so different the fabric that goes out of the of, of the gates, and then what it what what happens to that fabric, right? That's where all the best artists in the world, right? They put their own, uh, let's say, creativity to it, their magic to it, and then there's you know they do this dry process, they do this wet process, and this and it evolves, right? And denim is like a you know it's it's like your own skin, which just keeps evolving right over a period of time. So denim is very unique and also. Um, uh, I've seen that, you know, denim is like, like I said, no, it's like an addiction, right? So, I mean, people in, the, in this, the fraternity, I mean, the people who are in this trade, they too are, are sort of, you know, uh, by and large people who have been, who have been, uh, let's say, 
hooked onto Kenneth, right? So it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a small industry and I haven't seen too many people moving away from Denims into something into into within within the trade also moving into something else by and large they stick to this and they really really find their calling in this trade right so it's a very fascinating industry for sure definitely as you said you know this product is so unique and then it can evolve after it leaves you it can evolve into so many different ways and even once the wearer uses it um all all of the uh you know all of the wear that that they have is just another level of creating more of a character around Absolutely. and it's only a garment but it, it means so much more yeah Absolutely. no for sure and and so you've been at arvin for 20 years um and actually this year we are celebrating 30 years of tensile lyocell in denim um, started in 1992, as I mentioned, and so we're also doing a little bit of reflection of, of where uh, Tencel has, has gone in the denim industry. Um, what do you remember as your first encounter with Tencel? When did you first hear about it? So uh, this is very interesting. First and foremost, congratulations, right? 30 years, you know, at the 30th anniversary of, of, of uh, you know, let's say Tencel with denims. Um, I, I remember that when I, in fact, when I joined Urban, I joined in the, in the niche business, the true niche, the circular niche business of Urban, right? And that's where I joined the business. And that's where I sort of, you know, first saw the power of Tencel, right? And uh, we did a lot of experiment with Tencel and put together collections for, for customers like Marks and Spencers. So that was a time where I sort of realized the, the strength of Tencel, right? And, and as to what Tencel can do to a product. Uh, and then when I, within a, within a few months or within a year, I was asked to sort of move to the Denims part of the business. And that's when we started thinking as to how we can bring in Tencel into Denims. Not only, and then, then we started working on various collections, work with, 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 with your team members in India. I remember Prem used to be there in India that time. And then of course there have been others and a great team that you have here. So I've been interacting with them. And the best part is that um, you know, there's a good fit between what we do at Erwin and and the way lensing works, right? I mean, we're always looking for new things. We're always looking for innovation. And lensing does such wonderful innovation. So, you know, Tencel and then your Refibra and then your um, your sort of dope diet Indigo Modal, uh, Modal itself. So we've been trying multiple things and uh, both lightweights, bottom weights, uh, all across men's, women's. And um, it, it's been really great experimenting with all these you know, all these, let's say, innovations that you keep coming out with. So it's very, very interesting. It's been a wonderful experience interacting with all the team members, uh, Trisha, on the, the whole lensing family, right? Not just, you know, one product category, not just Tencel, everything, right? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. And so as you're looking at, you know, environment and relating that back to law, I'm sure you also have a perspective on what's happening in the industry. And where do you see Tencel as a part of the future and what's happening around sustainability and the, the shift in the market? So one very interesting uh, sort of, you know, experience, uh, Trisha, that, that after a lot of experimentation, you know, especially because we have been in the B2B part of the business, right? Uh, what we realize is that many a times you start looking at things from your own perspective, right? I'm in a very inside out view. But when you really, really talk to the consumer, the consumer is very agnostic, right? And the consumer, what, what the, the consumer is really looking for basically two, three things, right? I mean, consumer tries to very simplify things 
And A, they look at aesthetics. B, they would look at performance. And if great aesthetics, great performance is backed by sustainability, right? Then that's like a magic potion. I mean, I mean that, that really strikes a chord with the consumer. So as far as uh, the product categories that you sort of, you know, that, uh, that you have in your portfolio, if you really see from a, you know, from an aesthetics point of view, our customer wants, they want softness, they want suppleness, they want you know, luxury, they want sheen, right? So all these attributes will drive aesthetics, right? So I mean, if you look at your range of tensile, uh, you know, it, it, it drives that. Then when you look at performance, performance from a consumer point of view, if you simplify, uh, they're looking at, um, they're looking at, let's say, a soft, a, a soft touch. They're looking at something which is good on the skin. They're looking at something which is breathable. Now, all these, you know, performance attributes, uh, they're, they're looking at something which has got a flex in it. So all these things sort of fit very, very well into, 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 into with, 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 let's say, Tencel. And then when the consumer realizes that this is backed with great, great sustainability, right? So that to me is a wonderful, you know, combination. And it's just a matter of telling that story to the consumer and which I'm, you know, which I see that you're doing very, very well, communicating this, like letting the consumer know this part, right? So if you look at, if you, if you really look at, if I can say, if you look at, uh, or you assess this from a first principles basis, right? Aesthetics, function, and sustainability, you've got a great range of products there, Trisha. Well, thank you. That's wonderful. And, and you're so right. And it comes down to educating the consumer. Um, I think we have a big challenge over the next several years. And maybe this even goes back to some of the, the law that and what your studies are around greenwashing. Um, and uh, th this, I think, will be a challenge that we'll need to face. So I have a couple of final uh, five uh, rapid fire questions <laughs> for you. So if All you right. can answer these in short answers... Yeah, one or two words. You're ready. Um, what is the oldest jean in your wardrobe? Oh, uh, the, so so the oldest jean uh, would be a yeah. pair of jeans that I, um, you know, that I have from my uh, my my sort of you know uh, visits with Katosan Hiroshi Katosan, a very respected designer. He did a collection for us, and uh, so he made a pair of jeans or uh, denims, which is organic cotton, which is string to fit, which is uh, selvage denim. Uh, made out of natural indigo so that would be my most sort of you know i uh, say uh, my my oldest team uh, that i would have in my in my wardrobe and a very cherished one that's great always wonderful stories behind the old jeans that stay <laughs> stay in your wardrobe and you've had the opportunity to travel a lot uh in your position what's the favorite city that you like to visit oh so there have been so many wonderful places uh, trisha i think i mean italy in general and um, Venice in particular, particular, I find very fascinating, especially because of all the art that you get to see there, right? Right from the, let's say, the Byzantine period going up to Renaissance, um, the, all the masters. So it's amazing. And, and the, the, the museums, the churches there. So besides the touristy part, besides the, you know, the, the scenic beauty, I think there's a lot to offer on arts. And that's why I find it very fascinating. Wonderful. Couldn't agree more. And what app do you use the most on your phone? <laughs> I, I don't think I'm different from anybody else. I think WhatsApp would be the, <laughs> the app that WhatsApp. everyone okay. uses. That's, right? that's right. But I think besides <laughs> WhatsApp, true. if it comes to, let's say, you know, besides that, possibly I have, a, I have this Financial Times app, which I use, and I find some very interesting stories there. So I use oh, it. Good. Yeah. good. Besides WhatsApp. Great. 
Um, what, who is the one person that you would want to have dinner with? If you could have dinner with someone, uh, they have to be alive. Who would it be? Alive? Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, let me sort of go back in history, right? I mean, if I had a chance to, you know, to have dinner with, you know, I would have loved to have it with a guy called Jim Corbett, right? He was a naturalist and, okay. uh, you know, in India and in the 20th, early 20th century. And uh, he was a naturalist. He also shot a lot of man-eaters. And he was a great raconteur. He was a great storyteller. I would love to sort of, you know, uh, get a chance to, have, to, to to listen to some stories because Indian jungles those days were teeming with wildlife, with birds, with, you know, with flora and fauna. So, and I find that very fascinating. So I would love to have had an interaction with him. Very interesting person. Nice choice. I noticed when I was uh, reading a little bit more about what you've been involved in that you also have done some studies in music. Uh, yes, I have that passion, <laughs> Trisha. Yeah. And, and then I, I started learning piano some time ago. And uh, I have been uh, training in that. And I've been uh, training from uh, the Trinity College uh, London. So uh, classes in piano. Yeah. I mean, that's Wonderful. So my question to you then is, what's your favorite song? Uh, so, I mean, um, uh, our college days, I think uh, Bob Dylan used to be an icon for us. I mean, we all, you know, Joan Baez, Bob Dylan. So possibly one of the Bob Dylan songs, like A Blowing in the Wind, would be, would be one of the favorites that I keep going back to. That's great. I, I could see that connection for you. Those songs have a lot of meaning. Oh, yes. So definitely, Amir, it's been wonderful to have the opportunity to chat with you. You are certainly a lifelong learner. Um, can't wait to to see what develops out of this next stage for you as you uh, look to spend some time on your studies and uh, have some additional time also for your family. I, I really always uh, appreciate your kindness whenever we have the opportunity to meet. Um, you're always uh, really a very unique person within the denim industry. It's been a pleasure to work together on various projects. Um, what is a way that people can reach out to you? How can they stay in touch with you? Uh, I am available, uh, Trisha. I have shared my numbers and my mail ID, you know, in the mails that I've sent out to people. I'll share that yeah. with you. And I'm there on the LinkedIn as well. So LinkedIn, uh, yeah, right. On LinkedIn, uh, I can be reached on that. So I'm, I'm there and it's been my great honor to be sort of, you know, you know, to be connected with you, to be in touch with you, to have met you in so many forums, Tricia. And a lot of respect for you for, for Lensing as a company. And I really hope that we remain in touch and uh, you know our paths cross again. And thank you very much for this, you know, for this chat. Real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Samir. And thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed this conversation, please check out our other episodes, subscribe to Bluecast, like and review us. And to discover more of our stories, you can follow our blog, carvedinblue.com, or feel free to reach out to us directly at denimatlensing.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information, head to carvedinblue.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at Carved in Blue and the Blue Lens YouTube channel.